0: Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens.
1: Welcome to the mini break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Thursday, July 22nd. As promised, on today's show, I am joined by -by play-by-play commentator for the USTA Pro Circuit, host of the Behind the Racket podcast, and friend of the program here, Mike Cation, to discuss all of the latest developments at the 2021 carry challenger of course that carry challenger of, ne- of the nexus of so many things we love here at Cracked rackets you have recently turned pros from the college ranks you have guys who are still in college who are just dipping their toe into that challenger level you of course have countless american talents as well who we have fallen for here at Cracked rackets over the years all competing in one location and of course mike's got a front row seat to all of that action as he is on the call for the duration of the event. On today's show, we talk about some of the players who have thrived in the early action in carry, in particular Stefan Kozlov, Christian Harrison, who's continuing his incredible 2021 season. We also talk about some of those recently turned pros from the college ranks, Alexi Galarno, Will Blumberg, Govan We talk a little Sam Riffis and so much more. Of course, we also talk about what that dearth of North American challenger events has meant to so many of these players we see competing week in, week out on the USTA Pro Circuit, in particular Mike, of course, as well positioned as anyone to shine a light on the impact of that fact. But of course, this is, it is a fantastic conversation that I know all of you listeners are going to enjoy. Of course, before we get to it, I just have to remind you all quickly, the reason we're able to do this day in, day out is because of the support we get from all of you, the support we get from our Cracked Rackets Patreon family, and of course, because of the support we get from our friends over at Tennis Point. You all know the deal. Tennis Point. Tennis dash point.com, uh, excuse me. Use that promo code CR15. You'll get 15% off your order free. Two day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. Best of all, a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls. You'll also let them know we sent you there, which we eternally appreciate as well. So remember, tennis point, the symbol, not the spelling, tennis point.com. The promo code is CR15. With that said, let's get to it. The great. Mike Cation to talk all things carry Challenger. Westoff rule of the conversation. Let's start today's show.
0: Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens.
1: Hey, crack fans. Before we get back to today's episode, I just want to let all of you listeners know that all of the content we produce here at CR is made possible due to the support we get from our friends over at Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming equipment in the world manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels that's right folks imagine shaving with a sleek well designed and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom and In a twist of poetic justice, I think our friends at Manscaped know the grass court season is upon us here in the tennis world. In honor of that grass court season, they just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawn Mower 4.0. You heard that right, the Lawn Mower 4.0. You can join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with their most sensitive region of their body. With this exclusive offer for you, you can get 20% off and free Worldwide shipping with the code new balls, please at manscaped.com. That's right. They let us stick with a the tennis theme, get 20% off and free shipping with the code newballs please at manscaped.com. And look. A little personal testimonial. I think anyone who's met me in two seconds will be like, eyebrows, thick, legs, very hairy. Guess what? It looks that way everywhere, folks. And I can tell you firsthand, Manscaped gets the job done. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code Please at manscaped.com and make shaving time your favorite time. Manscaped.com. The promo code is Please. Joining us on the podcast today is a returning champion here on our Crack Racket shows. You may uh, recognize his dulcet tones as the play-by-play voice of the USTA Pro Circuit. You may also recognize them as a fellow podcaster on our Tennis Channel podcast network. Of course, I know him as the sensei, as the podfather. It's our friend, Mike Cation. Mike, welcome back to the show. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good, Greskin. How are you, man? I am doing well. It is always a pleasure to hear your voice, and I won't lie. There's nostalgia, particularly given the lack of opportunities this year, when you can turn on the ATP Challenger Tour and hear your voice. Sincerely, I know I speak for a bunch of tennis fans right now. There's just a sense of normalcy it provides, so it is great to have you back in our lives. It must be nice to be back on the grounds and with everyone again.
2: Yeah, it is, and more importantly, though, Gruskin just— honestly with fans mm-hmm. um we obviously had fans again in little rock uh, about a month and a half ago um which was the first challenger here in the states where there were fans again um and to then also have that here in carry it makes such a massive difference more than anything for the players um and obviously you saw that with jack sock winning in little rock how much that meant to him Um, But it's also the same for me as a broadcaster. Uh, I I think people obviously, you know, talk about how I'm kind of, um, monotone a lot just because of how close I am to the the courts right mm-hmm. um, but it makes such a difference and allows me to have more volume more energy more range when there's a crowd going along right I'm a, able to go a little bit louder when there's a crowd there so that's been that's been great as well and, and it's been fun here Carrie um, you know if I know you've mm-hmm. been out here. Uh, at the Cary Tennis Park before. Um, but they're doing two events this summer, and they put on a great show. So many courts, so many opportunities, and they take care of the players really well. So it's it's been a fun week, and it's, it's great to be back out here. You're right.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I had that same opportunity in Orlando to just feel what it was like to be back in front of a crowd or back with yes, a crowd sure. at a tennis match. And, it's unlike anything else, and you know I appreciate film study. I also have a theory that part of the degradation in our culture is that men have forgotten to show uh, how to show affection for one another. I'm going to show some affection for you now. Your third set tiebreaker— for Blumberg's match uh, yesterday as he ended up uh, losing that third set breaker to Mitchell Kruger, It was a clinic. And I went back and I watched it again just as a way to learn as a play-by-play commentator. And I could feel your energy rise with the nervousness of the crowd and just, you know, you trying to convey that nervousness as Will lost that mini break. And again, I feel like you could see it in the play we saw unfold as well as Will starts to slice that backhand a little bit more like the the crowd played a role and that yeah. is not something we've been able to say over the past 18 months
2: yeah no that's that's absolutely true and i you know i don't i don't want to speak too much for the players but <laughs> y- you know you you definitely sense um, what it means to them just to play in front of the in front of people again and mm-hmm. obviously like wills had the opportunity in, in collegiate tennis actually a little bit more um you know be, because having with the ncaa championships and all that um but yeah you you definitely there's more pressure to be had um you, you know with with a few hundred mm-hmm. people there and there are obviously benefits to that and drawbacks to that um yeah the the will is will's an interesting one isn't he um and i i know when <laughs> when you and i did indoors in in february we we got to talk about will quite a bit as they won the national team indoors while we were broadcasting there in champagne um it, w- it was an interesting match against kruger um and mitch is going to play today against aiden McHugh after winning that third set tie break but um it's it's interesting because will has such high expectations for himself alex mm-hmm. uh, as you know all too well and and it's it's going to be really hard to kind of match the expectations with what is a i guess you would call normal progression through the ranks because he's mm-hmm. been friends with tommy and and all of those guys right that group of tommy paul and others and it, it, he's seen them up at where they're at for so many years it takes time to get to that level. And I, I just have that question, especially after winning an ATP title with Will. Will he go through that progression and allow himself um, to, to have moments like like this week where he forgives himself and allows himself to maybe play a few futures, few challengers to kind of get where he needs to be?
1: Mm-hmm. That's the question you ask coaches, you ask players, anyone who has watched Will play. It's on him because... The serve, the forehand, you saw it yesterday against Kruger. I thought they were the two biggest weapons on the court outside of maybe Mitchell's fitness, just the way he was able to make that match so physical. But at the same time, you can see, and and again, shout out to you for conveying this, the way Will turned to his Carolina coaches yesterday as if to say, why am I not getting over the hump here? This is a match I, Will Blumberg, usually win when it's a tight situation and, like, it's not college anymore. You're right. playing professionals. And so I, I completely agree with you. And, you know, again, it is on him because he does see right away, and it helps when you're playing with Jack Sock always, but he's got the skills. Like, he yeah. his game is ready. It's just a question of, again, and you have done such a good job of conveying this over the years, it's the mental side. That is yes. what separates the player who rises, right?
2: Yeah, that's 100% it. It's why... Uh, And I know you'll want to talk about this a little bit later, but Sam Riffis is such a great example because he is always so, you know, it's just like this flat line of effort level uh, consistently, right? It's just right there, same, no matter what kind of event, um, no matter what, you know, whether it's juniors, professional, college, it's just right there, the exact same effort level throughout. One of the most difficult things uh, that I've seen over I've now been broadcasting at this challenger level for eight years and having done uh, some of the press aid stuff at the challenger level for many years before that with, with college players, you're, you're kind of able to peak for the weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know, you are going to have at most like two matches on you know Friday and Sunday or Friday, Saturday night, mm-hmm. right? Those you, you are able to peak for that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It, it's a business now, mm-hmm. right? And so it's, it's one thing to kind of just kind of have that le- that week and then you can say, all right, Friday, let's go. It's a different story when you're having to do it every week, every day. And, you know, you look at Will having what a, a fantastic week last week. Um, you know, getting to play at the, the the Newport, the Hall of Fame Open, and winning an ATP doubles title for God's sake. <laughs> but then he comes back against Mitchell Kruger, who's just going to be again kind kind of like Sam in that regard. The effort mm-hmm. level, he might have some ups and downs in in terms of just the, the level of the day. But Kruger's effort is always consistent, mm-hmm. and and so you just have to be there and just treat it like a business, and it doesn't come easy, um, and it's hard to peak on a. Tuesday and Wednesday, since it was a match that went over two days, it's hard to peak Um, coming back two days after winning an ATP title. Mm -hmm. Will, I think, is going to get there. I have no question that Will's going to get there because the talent is so good. I think for me, I just hope he is um, compassionate and empathetic enough to himself to allow himself that normal progression of winning a couple futures, getting to several quarterfinals at the challenger level, and realizing this is a process that will take months, a year and a half, whatever it may be, to get to where he wants to go.
1: Very well said. It's worth also noting that, you know, a first round of an NCAA, your opponent, he may give you the match. First yes. round of a challenger, your opponent's taking the match. And we have to give credit to Mitchell Kruger. For the sure. bravery of the forehand approaches he hit, what was it, 4-all and maybe 3-4 down in that breaker as well because he hit a couple of big serves up 5-4 to close it out, but... To execute those forehand approaches, if you've watched Mitchell Kruger and you've been on the Kruger beat longer than anyone, Mike, that's the sort of bravery, ballsiness, dare I say, hubris it takes to win at the challenger level, and it just takes repetitions more than anything yep. else to get that hubris.
2: 100%. And, and Mitch has had his ups and downs, mm-hmm. um, but yes, he he backs himself. Um, mm-hmm. he, he trusts in himself, even if he's having a, a rougher day, he believes that in, in his process, he believes he knows what's going to get him through um he he, everybody knows he has some troubles with those four those forehands especially the low forehands quite a bit but again he knows he's he's been working on it quite a bit and he felt comfortable in the moment and that takes a lot of time to be able to do that repetition is huge just like you said
1: one of my favorite questions i've ever asked on a podcast was to a mitchell kruger and a stevie johnson it was similar vein it's like hey you know, people talk about your forehand, right? And they're like, "Yeah, what do you think?" Like, obviously, I'm aware of this, and so yeah, you can just tell again that sort of, to hit that approach shot under that situation that speaks to the work that Mitchell Kruger has put in, and obviously, again, it gets him over the finish line. But you know, before we talk about the rest of the results, and yes, I will be asking you about Riffis. I do want to ask you a big picture question as well because. You know, we talk about being back down at Cary, and Cary is the sixth challenger in, uh, uh, in the United States of the 2021 season. You go back and look at the 2020 calendar, and of course, it's worth noting the discontinuation of the Oracle series absolutely has played a factor in this number. But there were six challengers in the United States prior to the pandemic's hit in 2020. That means through the first three months, we had six. Through the first seven months of uh, this 2021 season, we have now had six uh, challengers here in the United States. Uh, Obviously, you have been personally affected by that fact, Mike. But, you know, again, being back on the grounds, these are players who have traveled with one another. They've competed with one another for years now, going back to their junior days, but obviously throughout the challenger ranks. Has that dearth of... United States challenger events been felt and, you know, how do you think the lack of events have manifested itself in what we're seeing?
2: Yes. Um, These players absolutely have felt it. You are seeing a lot of these American players just not getting as many matches, Um, just because frankly, a lot of them are not as willing to travel and spend, you know, kind of like what Brandon Nakashima and Sebastian Korda have done over the last couple of years and just spending two, three months in, in Europe. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's the choice that they're comfortable with making. I mean, you know, do you talk about say Christopher Eubanks, Ty Kwiatkowski guys who just frankly, just don't want to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's their choice. That's what they're comfortable with, and that's totally fine. But yeah, it's you're you're definitely seeing some players, and I you know I'm not going to single anybody out, but maybe I, I think you, where you might see it, um, Greskin is just this this inability to ha- have the comfortability in the big moments. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned with Mitchell Kruger that confidence to, to come up with those approach shots, right? He's played more because he's also been playing um, some M25s, some futures events, to, to make sure he gets in the proper amount of matches. Um, a guy like Ty Kwiatkowski, who I just mentioned, I, I, I don't know if he's going to play because he has a, a, a bad wrist right now, but he's on the entry list for some of the um, M25s in Illinois over the next couple of weeks. It's a matter of just getting matches, and so you're in match shape in some of those big moments. Um, and I think that's really, you know, the ranking system is so screwy right now that I, I'll i be honest with you, Alex, I have no clue what's going on. I have no idea <laughs> from week to week what the hell's going on with it. But that's, that's the thing is these guys need matches so that when it's five all in the third in U.S. Open qualies, they're ready for it. Um, and so it's been a matter of trying to figure out how to do that With the schedule being altered, uh, I mean, COVID has had such an impact, uh, you know, big picture in terms of who's been able to sponsor what and and make sure events are able to go. But yeah, for the players themselves, it's really just about getting the matches in so that big picture in the biggest moments in a a Grand Slam qualies, you're able to feel comfortable. And right now, I think that's been a big, big issue.
1: Seven words for you. You, me, Decatur, Illinois, yes mm. or no? No. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah, that's, that, was, that was the correct answer. Let's be clear. Listen, but.
2: Um, uh, all right. Let me just say this, Greskin. Uh, champagne, yes. Um, yes. This, is, this is very much a central Illinois thing, but uh, Decatur, the soy city. I, one of my very best friends <laughs> in the world, city. Liz... Elizabeth Westfield is one of my closest friends and she's from Decatur, but I will not step foot in that city if I don't, if I don't have to, um, so I'll stay in Champaign.
1: Yeah, I need the experience just to no, say man, I did the Decay Future. It smells like soybeans.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it, smell, it smells awful in that city. It's terrible. <laughs> I love the people, but it smells so bad. I yeah. played I played tournaments there in, in high school.
1: It's yeah. awful. <laughs> I've looked up, just because Edwardsville's this week, I looked it up on my phone, and it's yeah. just in the vomit zone. Because it's, it's like right next to St. Louis, right? That's bottom tip. Correct. And, yeah, And I was like, no, nah, it's just, it's not happening happening i was like that's like four uh, hours
2: Ed- edwardsville is great i actually yeah. really like it there i it's a personal thing for me with decatur i will yeah. go it's like <laughs> i don't i don't even know if this event's going on is godfrey happening this year do you know
1: i um i, I think it's on. Uh, i think it's in the next month
2: okay because it's, it's normally edwardsville godfrey decatur right yeah Champagne. it's the
1: run yeah
2: so i i don't know if godfrey's happening but yeah decatur It's a personal one for me. The people there are great. Actually, I know the tournament director who's amazing and they work really hard. Mm -hmm. I just can't do Decatur. No, it's
1: again. It's a legendary event. You ask everyone, they've got a decatur story. But uh, yeah. no, no. I figured I'd throw it out there. But you know, again, and I, I would echo all of your sentiments. I think you talked to enough players; they have expressed that it's also, and it goes without saying, a financial component. It's thousands of dollars to be over yeah. there for months on end. and there's tons of COVID stuff you have to go through, and we don't have to talk. You know, some players do vaccinate, some don't, and if you don't, there's additional steps, etc., etc. Um, but there's also... Also, the and it's the less glamorous side to discuss, but the administration side and like you know, being in Orlando, and I say this lovingly, why not just have some sort of event there every week, right? A 15K, a 25K. Obviously, you'd love to have challengers, I know there's money behind that as well, but like you have to give a shout out to Carrie who was one of the first places to come back last fall when they had the opportunity. And now they've got a couple events on the schedule this year as well. I suppose my question to you, is there a hesitancy from some of these usual host sites? Is it a financial component? What has led to the lack of return of Challenger events in the United States?
2: What I can say um, without speaking too much about the individual decisions that are made at at each particular location Gruskin is it's, it's been a very challenging time for for everyone financially mm-hmm. I, I, obviously a lot's been made of what you know the USTA and how much the the lack of fans at the US open impacted the USTA. and so I, I you know I don't really need to speak too much about that what I can say is that the events that have been able to go over the last several months you take carry in in specific, they have an incredible support staff here that that believes in tennis as a, as a vehicle to kind of showcase you know obviously the, the Cary tennis park as well as you know atlantic tires are our, t- our title sponsor here and and they believe in the sport and what it means to to the community and understand that what it, what tennis means to the community so um you know i i can say to you that the the impact in terms of the cost of the testing that comes along with that it has been and on top of it the financial impact for so many great sponsors that we've had over the years here it's hard it's really really hard um and i i know in talking to tournament directors um of events that have been canceled or or not been able to be put on over the last year or so they want to get back
0: Mm -hmm.
2: it's you know for all of them the intent is to get back it might just be A year or so until everybody's able to get back on their feet Mm -hmm. the ones that have been put on though I can tell you they believe in what it means to have American tennis especially on the men's side where it's been you know lacking at the top top level to get back on their feet to get an American male Grand Slam champion again Mm -hmm. it's important it's crucial and and events like this they believe not only in that aspect but what tennis means to the community And these are all vibrant tennis communities here in in Little Rock, in Cary, North Carolina. And so it's been a lot of fun just to see um, just the involvement of the players. And they're very appreciative uh, uh, when these events are able to go at this point.
1: Mm -hmm. And you talk about, you know, you mentioned Little Rock. It was evident I'm going to steal your word how vibrant that crowd was like it was so clear through the stream that that crowd was locked in and this is a question you explore quite frequently on the behind the racket podcast with your friend and I will say lesser Jewish podcast co-host than the one you're currently with Noah Rubin he's terrible he's awful (laughs) just awful um but you know again it's a question you guys explored there's no one size fit all but Clearly, the community buy-in is key, right? That is the essential ingredient for so many of these challengers. And I know it's a stupid thing, but I, I am sure there are listeners who are hearing this podcast who are wondering, what are the things we can do as tennis fans, as people who enjoy the challenger circuit? Does it simply show up, like keep watching the streams?
2: Yeah, no, that's a that's a fantastic question. Um, and I don't know that I have a great answer um, to, to, to that because – Listen, to put on a challenger, right, or to mm-hmm. put on a futures event is it, – it's, it's costly, as you said. I mean you kind of – the guideline I've always kind of been told is you take what the prize money is and you triple it, and that's about mm-hmm. how much it costs to put on an event. Um, I, I, I would say just try to engage as much as you can. If you have one near your area, go. Um, if you have the ability that one, there's one near your area, sponsor it if that means you know putting in a hundred dollars if you have that kind of money to say here's a hundred dollars to help put on your event please do so um if you know if you're i don't know in maryland or something like that and you you know and it's the, the charlottesville event in november and you just call up and say how can i help how can i volunteer can i sponsor something what can i do um you know there's it's not like you know you can't just like say call up the USTA and say, here's a hundred dollars to, you know, donate. So, so find, find, go, go through the schedule and see if there is a futures event, men's or women's obviously, and, and say, how can I help? What can I do? How can I volunteer? Um, you know, if you're in the champagne area next week, can you go ball kid? Um, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in Indianapolis, you know, where, where you guys are, can you go over to champagne and volunteer to cater the same way, even though it smells like soybeans, um, you know, just, <laughs> find a way to get involved in your own event and i've said this before on the broadcasting side i mean that's what i did Mm -hmm. like when i when i started i you know craig tiley doing a challenger in champagne i'm like what what can i do you know how can i help and that's that's the thing all of these events right now they need volunteers yes they need money to help put on the the great events so they can offer more things to the players but your time your money whatever you can do at at a local event it makes a big difference
1: Yeah, no, it's a cliche alert, but sometimes the best ability is availability, and I I agree with you. Why am I so ingrained in college tennis now? Because for seven years, I've showed up to Michigan matches. I have a a running streak dating back to 20—well, I guess it's more than seven years now. I guess it's a lot of years, the point being 10 years that I've seen one Michigan tennis match in person, and like— That makes the difference. Not only do you become a familiar face to the tournament directors, the people who run the staff, but then the players start to recognize you as well. And so there's a bunch of different benefits to being in person at these events. Of course, support your local tennis communities however you can. With all of that said, let's talk some tennis. Because yep. obviously, Cary Challenger is the nexus of everything we love here at Cracked Rackets. You have former college tennis standouts. You have rising next-gen American talent, that, you know, 96 to 2000 group that I came of age watching on the uh, – uh, playing on the Challenger circuit, playing on Zoo com, or Colette writing about them. You have all of these names back in action. And the name I have to start with is Stefan Kozlov because I will just say this at the top. It is weird to see him with a Babolat racket. Like, that's probably just a me thing, but it's just weird to see him with it. Nevertheless, you look for Kozlov, gets into this event, ends up earning wins thus far. Donald Young in three sets, vastly different opponent, knocks off Max Krusty in three sets yesterday. You look for Kozlov. He's a guy played a bunch of 25Ks, and he's had to play qualifying at the majority of the challengers he's played this year into the quarterfinals for the first time since ann arbor 2020 your thoughts on kaz how he's playing this week
2: what's what's really interesting is i i look at it i mean he he actually hasn't played that many matches yeah you know like i mean he's <laughs> in, in terms of in 2021 I'm, I'm actually pulling it up right now on tennis abstract here uh, I'm. let me see 2021 he's he's only played this is the seventh tournament that he's played this year that's it Like he's, he's had a a good record 15 and six at this point, you know, getting through some of these events, but like, he just needs, he needs to be there. He needs matches, right? Mm -hmm. He's been bothered by injuries. I, I think, you know, I, we did a podcast with him a few months ago and he admitted that it's not Tennis has not been at the forefront of his mind over the last couple of years. Just trying to get back into it. Um, I'm I'm happy to see him playing well. I didn't get to call the match against Cressy, which was disappointing for me to say the least. I really wanted to, <laughs> I really wanted that one. Um, but in this matchup against Donald Young, what I can say is you could see how desperate it, it was for him. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen that for years from from Kaz. I have not seen that, that fire and hunger in quite some time. He was actually hitting the ball. He has mm-hmm. been going through this stretch over the last couple of years, Gruskin, where it's just kind of like, all right, I'm going to use my hands because they're so good, and I'm going to try to move <laughs> you around and dink and you know some drop shots, and then I'll try to flatten one out, but it's got like half pace. He hit the ball the other night, and mm-hmm. he's used, he would definitely use some, some mind tactics against Donald to get in D.Y.'s head. It was there. It was like Donald Young looked at me at one point as if to say, what the F is this guy doing? (laughs) And I'm like, I I, I completely agreed with DY. I mean, there was definitely some stall tactics, some things that were going on, but it was desperate. Kozlov needs it. He knows he needs it. He knows, you know, he's, he's had this expectation and more than anything for him. I think he just wants to get on the right side and explore what his career can be. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still so young, man. Like we he's mm-hmm. so young. Like you also think about Donald Young. Like he feels like he's been around forever. He's only like 30. I like know. It's, it, it's crazy tr- to me, but it's nuts. Um, he, there's there's a lot that's still potentially in front of Kozlov. To see him in a quarterfinal again is huge. Uh, he I believe has a one and zero record against Christopher Eubanks, who's his opponent in the quarterfinals on Friday. It's possible, man, if he's hitting the if he's hitting again, if he's swinging again, that's the kind of Kozlov that can actually do damage. Because yes, he can move you around with those great hands, but if he actually is able to finish again. That becomes a much more
1: dangerous Stefan Kozlov. No, he's a tennis chameleon, right? Whatever the opponent's doing, he's reflecting. It's not, or at least uh, so often when he's playing frustrating tennis, that's what it seems it devolves yes. into. And-
2: yes, but the thing is, it's it really, he's only able to do that if he also has that offensive capability. Yeah, That hasn't been there for three years. Like, literally three years, he's not had any offensive capability the other day I saw it again for the first time in like three years. So that was great. And that makes him al- allows him to be that chameleon that you talk about.
1: No, again, tw- uh, 12 and, or I guess I'm a little bit older than him. So 15, 16 year old me knew like two things that Stefan Kozlov was the best 12 year old in the world. And that I really enjoyed watching, you know, the USTA pro circuit and who all these young guys were. And you look for Kozlov. It's certainly a different type of power, But to get a matchup against Cressy before you have to play another big server in Eubanks, that helps. And yeah, you mentioned it. He's had success against Eubanks in the past. They're both, I believe, 98s as well, or I think Eubanks might be a 97, but they're in that mix, same generation of player. And yeah, it's crazy to think Stefan Kozlov's still only 23 years old now, currently 344 in the world, but the bottom has never fallen out. Like, the opportunities are still going to be there for him, i I. Supposed to a point you made earlier, we don't really know what the rankings are, what cutoffs are going to look like anymore. But Kozlov is still in the mix. And I just... His game is the outlier. It's so unconventional. It's so different from everyone else's. And I always just think there's a place for that game.
2: I think so, too. Um, you know, the diversity of what you see, especially at the challenger level, is what's always yeah. one of the reasons why it's made me, you know, enjoy mm-hmm. doing this so much. But yeah, I I... The, the idea of reclamation projects, Alex, yeah. you know, I, like thinking back to Jack Sock winning Little Rock a, a few weeks ago, right, and just how much that meant to him, I, I couldn't imagine what it would look like if Kozlov wins a title here. like, yeah. and, and obviously, you know, three big steps potentially in front of him to do that, but what, what a, a challenger title would mean to him at this stage of his career, it, I, I can't imagine the emotion that, that would run through him
1: unintentional pun calling chris eubanks a big step i like it i like it a lot welcome back to crack rackets we missed you um (laughs) (laughs) another name to throw out there And fun anecdote for our listeners. This is how I knew he was going to have a good season. December 2020. I'm fortunate enough to go uh, visit my grandma who has a place down in Sarasota. I'm there with my family and I'm running on the bridge connected from Sarasota to Lido Beach. Have you, I mean, I know you're familiar with the Sarasota area, Lido Mm -hmm. Beach, something. you, you know that bridge? Yeah. Yeah. So we're jogging on that bridge. We, I'm jogging on that bridge and I see... A clearly, like, a a clear athlete running up the bridge across from me. Like, it's very clear to me this person either takes himself very seriously, the shape he stays in, or he's a professional. And the person's coming closer and closer. He's going uphill. I'm going downhill. We're about 20 feet away. I'm like, holy shit! it's Christian Harrison. And there was Christian Harrison running on the bridge. And we had done some thing together on Tennis One like the week before. So I'm like, Christian? He's like, Ruskin, what are you doing here? I'm like, yeah, I suppose you live here. The point being... Christian Harrison's 30 and 12 this season, Mike. Yeah. And you look at what he's been able to do. The big run was obviously the semifinals of Delray Beach to start the season, but he's backed it up at the futures level. He made that semifinal in Orlando. He's into the quarterfinals here with a straight set wins over Sigigoguchi and Torpegaard. He's the favorite against Nanda as well to make another semifinal. What's clicking for Christian Harrison right now?
2: Yeah, what's I think the biggest thing. Um, it's it's actually been interesting because actually over the last few weeks it's not been great. Um, I pointed this out during the broadcast the other day uh, yesterday, I guess it was against Torpegard. He's actually I think it was five and five and six over the last month or so since the Orlando Challenger April Orlando Challenger semifinal. Um, so it's been a little bit mediocre. But what I can say, big picture is number one everybody knew that the backhand would break down often uh, you know in the last couple of years I, well let me let me preface obviously the physicality and the injuries over the last several years has been number one for christian that story is well well known <laughs> in terms of when he's been healthy you always knew you could get the backhand to break down it's been the story for years that side is shored up it's not perfect He's still going to give you some short balls with it, but he's not going to spray like he did, say, two, year, two three years ago. It's not just going all over the place. It's solid. It, he's taken a little bit more of the baseball side, that baseball grip, out of it, and it, it looks more conventional, if you will, on the backhand <laughs> wing. So that part is solid. Um, he made the decision a, a couple of years ago before pandemic to, to kind of go double specialist. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was his that was going to be his path forward. He worked on returns a lot, right? Those first three shots in a doubles point, you know, serve uh, return and the first volley. Mm -hmm. And you can see it in his return game. He's much more aggressive with those returns. So it's allowing him to have more opportunities in return games because he's confident in his ability to step into the court very quickly off of a return, right? So instead of playing way back like he used to do, he's right there on top of the baseline, which is where he has to be, um, and he's much more aggressive with it. So I think think those are the two big things for me, and on top of it, I think the mentality of just like – i'm out there i'm having fun this is bonus for me because i thought Mm -hmm. i was done you know i I thought i was done from seven surgeries i thought i was just going to be a doubles player this pandemic probably helped him a little bit in terms of just giving him and his body a little bit more time to work out you know work itself out Mm -hmm. and and like you mentioned with your story man there there's nobody in better shape (laughs) there's nobody like he's ripped
0: oh it's Um, crazy
2: yeah, and so I I think all of that comes together and and it has allowed him to play with freedom. Um and nobody expects anything from him anymore and he's just in a much better place. The Torpegaard match was really interesting and if you watched it. Mm-hmm. There was a call at 5 all mm-hmm. uh 5 all deuce. Harris and I'm like I tend to have problems with these recollections of matches because I do like five in a day and it's hard for me. (laughs) Five all, five all, Deuce. Harrison serve, uh, second serve, and it was wide up the tee by clearly by two inches, Mm -hmm. um, but and called out, but the chair overruled it and and also said that Torpegaard didn't have a play on it. And it completely altered the match, and I'm sure the chair probably went back and feels awful about it. Because once, if you see it on replay, it's, it was bad. It, it was, was clear, bad.
1: we'll say it yeah. was clear. It was
2: two two inches. It's it, you know, chair umpires are human. It happens. But Torpegard was gone,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: I, I found myself wondering after the match, like, what would have happened if that's you know suddenly a break point for Torpegaard? Who who knows? But Christian believes in himself. He's playing with freedom. He's happy to be out there. He's got a girlfriend who travels with him quite a bit now. Like everything is everything is going well in his life, and it's translating over to the court.
1: 100%, and you can see that freedom. It's palpable. There's just – again, and that's – it's so easy to root for. When a guy is just out there free-swinging and clearly enjoying themselves, and that's the most difficult thing when you're on the grind of the professional tour is finding yep. the, the, an ability to enjoy yourself when you're out there. He clearly does – Things are going his direction. No doubt one of the stars of this uh, 2021 season, one of the best stories, and certainly having success here in Kerry. Now, my final question for you, because, again, you do have, uh, what, four singles matches? You on doubles today as well?
2: Oh, yeah. We just – you know me. Uh, yeah, you're ball, everything. First ball to last ball. Yeah, yeah I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at – I'm just like Sean Scully, I know. <laughs> um, Andrew Zhang. I I, oh. got, I got nothing on Andrew Shang. So, I'm sure you do.
1: So he grew up in my area. Uh he's okay. a Bloomfield Hills kid, very I got I'll text you afterwards. Yes. Okay. Um I'll get you I'll get you with the details. But um no, you you look that's that's hilarious. Um but and it's good that you bring up Scully and Zhang because obviously they are two of the college kids who got a wild card into carry and that's the final thing I do want to ask you about is some of the college kids still alive you have wild card Govan Nanda making his first challenger quarterfinal was a three set win for him against Schnur in funky funky conditions yesterday but then of course two college guys you have playing on today's schedule Sam Riffis NCAA champion out of the University of Florida who was a three set winner fought off a match point against Ito you've also So got Alexi Gallardo, who if you talk to enough players, enough coaches in the college ranks and you ask them who of last year's class did you think was the surest thing to have a successful pro career, you got two names. Obviously a lot of Blumberg love. But a lot of Alexi Galarno love, particularly when they praise him, they say it's the mental component. That's a guy who is out there in a straight business. Curious what you've thought of the college guys. I know this may be first tournament for some of them you've seen, but what you thought uh, of their performances?
2: Yeah, I haven't seen Gallardo this week. Um, and, and frankly, I haven't seen a lot of him. He's not been on our center courts all that much. Yeah. Um, just because of the fact that obviously he is Canadian versus American. So as a result, he's not on our center as much like so ca- i can't speak to him as much as as you can um i i know i've heard that name obviously for several years and and kind of been waiting to see what it would mean um i have him today against ramanathan and so uh, Ram is a, a great test because uh ramanathan's a guy who's just going to give max effort every time and throws in a different kind of funky style um but but galano gets the the feature match today um having played just up the road right so mm-hmm. Um, I I think it's I think this is a perfect setup for him a good win over James Ward as well I mean that's again a veteran guy in James Ward that kind of a win shows pretty solid stuff Um, so I don't know I'll I'll, I I will be able to tell you more after today Um, in in terms of Govin Nanda um, I hadn't seen him I, I had to go back it'd been two years 2019 was the last time I saw him and frankly I wasn't much of a believer um if i if in memory serves it was a, a match against jj sure. uh, jj wolf and it just completely dominated wolf just i think it was 2 and 1 or something like that and so it was it was hard for me to see anything and just like okay it's it's just a guy um even though he had already won 225k's during the year
1: yesterday
2: uh, the match against schnur and i texted you this right mm-hmm. i i i saw that i can see a path for him um, I, I, you know, the serve is still obviously a, it, it's going to be a liability until it's not, he's, he's going to be on the shorter side, all of these things that are pretty typical for somebody like that. Right. But I could see a path cause he moves incredibly well takes things off the rise very well confident and comfortable in his belief he made good adjustments within the match was getting kind of overpowered early because Schnur was going massive returns into the body time and time again and nanda was just getting crushed with it like every second ball it was just like having to just kind of flick the wrist to get the ball back in play but he kind of adjusted and allowed himself just a little bit more time to be able to hit a second ball with some depth there was depth off of both sides like you don't feel like a, a really like there's not a huge weakness off of either wing i i saw it like i, I thought back to tim Smichek, right where <laughs> a, a guy is a similar build what tim was able to do kind of in the middle of his career like 2013 2014 was he's obviously taking away a ton of time controlling that baseline but had a little bit more pace off of both sides than Nanda does. That's going to be kind of that step for, for Nanda is he obviously has great defensive counterpuncher ability. Okay, let's, let's step that up and see if you also have that ability to get on top of the baseline and control things, you know, play a little bit more linear up the lines off of both wings as well. Um, right now, he's working with um, some of the same people who are working with Jensen Brooksby. Um, so that kind of gives you an idea of what kind of style he wants to come up with. Um, so you, you anticipate that he's going to be working, obviously, on getting consistent depth. That's going to be pretty interesting to see, um, but yeah, Nick Bezobchenko, who's been the traveling coach with Jensen Brooksby for the last several months, he's here working with Nanda, so we'll see how, how that impacts COVID over the next couple of years as he is officially now a pro, um, but yeah, I, that, was, that was a really good confidence-building win for him yesterday because as you mentioned, it was funky. It was 92 degrees, 60% humidity. Schnur was cramping, and Schnur was bad at times. Mm-hmm. Govin still got a little tight, but when he needed to, he came up with the goods. He was solid down the stretch, and that, that shows good mentality.
1: I completely agree with you. Quick side note. Is Tim Smicek conceding the call to Rafa one of the greatest what-ifs in tennis history? Like, does he come back yeah, to it's win a that great match? Question. If it's, yeah, I feel like that that's what was on my mind.
2: Yeah, no, I I think that's a great question and what that potentially could have meant to to Tim's career.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, um, yeah, I, I think it is a fan, it's a fantastic what a question, but I I don't I don't know if you can ever say it because that's who Tim was. Yeah, you know it's, that's that's it's... just who he always was. Um,
1: Hundred yeah, uh, percent.
2: What two two years two years gone from from being a, a regular out here, um, and has been so quiet. I think he has yeah. a second a second child now, and
1: mm-hmm.
2: I, I haven't. I haven't heard a peep uh, except every once in a while I'll see a, an Instagram story from, gosh, like Alex Kuznetsov or or John <laughs> John Isner. Like they're playing
1: golf and they're – Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. He's on the course. He's <laughs> hitting an AT and exactly that's where you see him most. Hey – do what you got to do, my friend. Uh, no, I agree with you there, and I agree very much with what you said on Nanda, a guy who can do a lot of things and just competes really, really well. And that's that's the first takeaway you see when you watch him play. But then, of course, you know uh, we've got we've got Sam Riffis, NCAA singles champion, wild card in New York looming. You've always been a fan of his game. Mm-hmm. A little bit older now, a little bit more mature physically. Semifinals in Orlando a month ago. Wins his first-round match, being down a match point. Uh, now he's got a, a, a tough match here. Who's he got? He's got Gunaswaran, Gunas right? Yeah. right? Yeah, that's that's a fun one. Uh, your, your thoughts on Sam? I feel like the biggest threat to Florida not running away with the 2022 NCAA men's singles title is Sam Riffis. Because, like, if his pro results are good enough, he'll just go he's pro. Like, pro. He's he, not going pro. He's not going pro. He that's what he says it, he, firmly. So he came on the podcast and said that firmly. Yeah. If you're top two hundred, Mike, and this is something we have discussed so many times, it's just like at a certain point, the ranking dictates what you have to do, right? To I mean, maybe not no, top two hundred, but one fifty.
2: I I I think back to Cam Norrie. Cam sure. Norrie's this that's your if you're looking for that particular situation, that's who it was. Cam Norrie, um what David Rodidi and Devin Bowen at TCU did. For him to set up the the correct schedule so mm-hmm. that he was able to play enough pro events and the team events, um, that's that's your that's your pathway if you're talking you know about potentially with Sam Riffis, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think Sam's got a ways to go to get to that level, um, mm-hmm. and and today's kind of a big match to do it because I think he would be potentially favored in his quarterfinal as well against either Ramanathan or Gallarneau potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, But if he has consistency of results and is making several quarterfinals and semifinals at the challenger level, then I think what it will be for the the coaches down at Florida, right? And Tanner stump and Mr. Shelton. Um, it's going to be about setting up the schedule in the spring so that he's there for all of the crucial team events and, and crucial, um, sec events and obviously the team championships in may, but just setting it up so Sam, if he wants, has the freedom to play some 25Ks, play two or three challengers, um, and still be a part of the team. He, as you said, and I know he was just on the podcast for you, he really wants to get that degree, be set. That's so important to him and his family. I fully believe he will be in school through through the year. But I think plenty of individual stuff in the fall, uh, a few mixed-in professional events in the spring is completely reasonable. Um, And I I have no doubt in my mind that Sam Riffis will be in Gainesville in January there for team competitions.
1: I'm curious if the new rules regarding NCAA athletes, if Sam wins around at the U.S. Open, can he bank that prize money now or does he still have to give it away?
2: No, because it has
1: to— It's amateurism, right?
2: Yeah, it's still—and this is all new, but my understanding Mm -hmm. is those— what are they called NILs? Is that, yeah. is that the right yeah. term? And I, they have to go through the university. Yeah. And so it, it's complete. it's a completely different beast. And uh, I actually, I actually b- mentioned this on the, uh, on the broadcast yesterday. I think mm-hmm. there, no, I, I'm, I'm starting a new pregame show, Alex. And so I, I don't want to like, Oh, I'm aware. believe
1: that was the final topic we were getting. Okay, uh,
2: But like, I, I talked about it yesterday, like, uh, okay. So Ohio state, uh, Florida, um, USC, yeah. Uh, I, I think I think in tennis specifically, in a, a lot of these Olympic sports, some of the more dominant programs over the last several years, they're going to be able to offer more money because they have really good sponsors already brought into their program, right? 1,000%,
1: yes. Like
2: there's there's already, and this is, I'm not going to, listen, I know you're the expert on college tennis and, and more so <laughs> than I am, but there's already a pretty big disparity in my brain for the, the haves and the have nots in in college tennis. Yes. This, this is not going to help. This is going to make it far, (laughs) far worse. Like I, obviously I know Illinois pretty well. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, they have a great set of sponsors, uh, helping the program and and have for many, many years, Mm -hmm. they're going to, they're going to be fine. Uh, you know, is Michigan state? Nope you know you know what i mean like that's that sucks that sucks the one thing that i i struggle with and again this is another topic and i'll stop after i say this Th- this is going to have such a a really bad impact on olympic sports it, it, you know great for the athletes great for them making money i'm a full supporter of that it's not going to do anything for equality in college athletics at the olympic sport level
1: yeah uh, no i Yes, 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 yes. And we're bringing on the GOAT, Colette Lewis, to talk about this very topic as well. Because, yeah, look, I know schools that have already made inroads. I know players yep. that are already making moves. Absolutely. Yep. And you're like, well, it's at the schools you'd expect. Like, the people who have been good at getting donors before are going to be very good at ensuring their players are most are, are best positioned to take advantage of the new rules. And you do yep. wonder— especially given those first four, like, the, the grind it is at the futures at the challenger level, there are going to be players who can make more money in college than they can first few years on the pros. Like, that is an inevitability, right? There will be sponsors right. who can do that.
2: Yes, but what, but what does make that different, though, Alex, because I don't think it's an either-or. It's not, it's not one or the other. You can do both. Um, you know, because then you can put that sponsor logo right on your shirt when you go out to a challenger and you're, you know, you're, you're you know, that's just added benefit. Um, but on top of it, you need those points so that you're able to play at a challenger right out of school. You, need, you have to have those points. Right. So you can do both. It's not an either or.
1: No, a thousand percent, you're right. And I mean, yeah, uh, all of these, it's a really interesting time, as always, It is to be a tennis fan. And of course, it helps to have a plethora of content options, one of them being a new pregame show, courtesy of Mike Cation. Now, I'm a little bit upset. We didn't bring back the Cation cast, right? We're not calling it that. It's new no. branding, new everything.
2: I, yeah, I'm not branding it anything, to
1: be perfectly <laughs> blunt. Uh, when,
2: it. When I, I I just... <laughs> I wanted to give the uh, give everyone who watches especially the the diehards right I mean mm-hmm. if you're choosing on a Tuesday at, at 11 o'clock in the morning to put on a challenger <laughs> like you love tennis yeah. and so my, my thought was this might be a way to just kind of give give the fans specifically just a little bit more access mm-hmm. um, obviously when we're doing when we're doing a broadcast at challenger level grand slam level whatever it is, we're focused on the product, right? What's in mm-hmm. front of us? I, I, obviously, I try to be as interactive as I can on social media, but this is a way to have continuous interaction for about 20-25 minutes before the, the stream begins. Um, as this as this grows, I want to be able to try and get some some um, players on, some coaches on, um, tournament sponsors as well. Maybe on the next one, I'll be able to grab a, a Zoom guest, um, you know, yourself, somebody mm-hmm. like that. To just kind of throw in um but it's just something i'm trying out this week and i really i just want to be able to provide extra if mm-hmm. we can you know these these events deserve it um you know there's pregame shows on tennis channel for every atp event why not do it here mm-hmm. um because we can we have yeah. access let's ha- yeah. let's have some fun and and provide extra content for the people who really love the
1: sport sincerely appreciate it all i ask is no noah right we've had enough of him Um... yeah no it's been (laughs) no i let me
2: let me say this because i don't say it enough um noah is he's he's a very good friend
1: yeah he's one we only tease the ones we love Uh,
2: i i am i i was happy to see him this week it had been uh six months or something like that um and not only that Uh, He he gets, it's been tough tennis wise for him Mm -hmm. mentally to see him over the last two weeks competing. Well, um, he got tight. He got tight when serving for the first set against the second set against Cressy, um, but he competed in two straight tournaments. I'm happy for him because he seems to be happy on this tennis path again. And I'm just, that makes me very excited and Mm -hmm. happy to see him happy.
1: No, I completely agree with you there. And, of course, everything you guys are doing at behind the racket continues to be excellent. Speaking of competing, though, and I promised you 30 minutes, we're hitting the 50 mark. That's always a good thing. Brooksby. Brooksby. Yeah. Brooksby. Brooksby. That's my last question. Any yeah. thoughts you have on what we've seen from the Young American? It's sensational.
2: Yeah, no, it's been great. And, uh, God, I got into a debate with somebody this week on, on social media about – you know, should he play some more challengers or not, whatever. I don't think it's going to matter because he's going to get some wild cards, right? (laughs) Um, he's, he's fine. He's going to be in Atlanta. I imagine he'll get a wild card into Washington if he hasn't already. Um, the guy is, the guy is just really good. He has the serve as a weakness, right? And still doesn't in my, my brain, he doesn't volley particularly well, but his mentality is elite. His ability to come up with depth and change defense to offense is again elite. Um, I, I think it's one of those things where um and I think gosh, Cale Hammond and I talked about it when we he and I were talking about uh JJ Wolf and Brandon Nakashima, you know, in terms of the idea of ceiling and floor, right? Mm-hmm. With with Brooksby, I know his floor is is going to be fifty. Like I mm-hmm. know he's gonna be top fifty hundred percent i i struggle because he's there's gonna be that that serve is the the deeper he gets it at this stage it's still such an issue and i have real questions about his body Mm -hmm. and whether it's going to be able to hold up but my god he competes so well and can come up with consistent depth like nobody in the last couple of years i mean it's just Man, I respect the hell out of him. Like I just, I respect the hell out of him um, because he does not give an f about anybody except how to be successful on that court, and and
1: that that takes something, man. That's really something special. I could not agree with you more. The extracurricular, the what, what's the word I'm looking for? The um, the ex, not the external, the mentality. Yeah no, I'm looking for a word, uh, but it's going to escape me. Anyways, the 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 uh, intangibles, the intangibles. Yes, there's intangibles. The word. Yeah. He, he checks all the intangible checkmark, uh, all the boxes in terms of intangibles. The way he competes, the way he is so focused on just winning each and every match, it's it's contagious. It really is the way you are, uh, and that's probably not the word to use after the past 18 months. But it's just it's super super enjoyable to watch. And yeah, even if what what's so amazing is you're like the service such a low-hanging fruit of something that could get better that there still feels like there's upside to go and I think that's what's super super exciting if you're a fan of Jensen Brooksby but of course something that is super exciting for all of us tennis fans having you back in our lives Mike and of course we will hear those tones on the live stream for this carry challenger. what else have you got going on where can our fans find all of your work
2: yeah obviously um mike c tennis is where you can find me on most social media platforms um we're going to try to do the pregame shows about half an hour um ahead of start time in carry for the next few days um that'll be on twitch and youtube um and more more than anything i mean like so i'm i'm actually not doing lexington next week um gosh i can't remember the name of the guy who's going to be doing it uh Anyways, it's, it's I, not me. <laughs> it's not you. It's not you. But you've got your DraftKings sponsorship, and I, you and I have talked about that. That's going to be an issue for you, young man. It's going to be <laughs> an issue. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's, um, I, so I won't be in Lexington. I wanted to make sure I spend some time with my daughter. I am going to be in Cincinnati for ATP Radio, um, which I'm really excited about, and then be back go. in the open. Um, be back at the open in August and September. And then, you know, I, the, listen, the, the fall schedule for challengers is still a little bit up in the air. Obviously Carrie's going to be having a second one in September. Um, hopefully I'll be able to make it back for that one. Um, and then, you know, we'll kind of see, and, and then hopefully, you know, 2022, everything gets back to normal. But yeah, I, I love the interactions with everybody on social media, try to get back to as many people as I can. And, uh, you know, and then see, see all of Gruskin's horrific takes. (laughs)
1: you know i do what i can't mike i gotta keep you entertained somehow. somehow somehow (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I got to offer you the quick laugh, but uh, it is always a pleasure to hear your voice sincerely. You know how much a fan I am of your work. You know how much a fan. Hopefully, you know, I should say that it's just not the same without you on that live stream. And there are far too many of us probably who enjoy tuning in at 11 a.m. on a Tuesday to hear you calling whatever round of 32 match it may be at various locations. But of course, we will continue to do so. Of course, right as I said that. Dallas because uh, Dallas getting an ATP event that's got your name on it right that's that's got to be like what you have meant to that Dallas community as well I feel like you are as attached to that challenger as anything and it's the same crew right uh no different crew
2: yes it is different I mean you've got Grant Chen you've got Grant Chen pretty pretty heavily involved at this one uh Grant Grant's obviously a great guy at SMU and he of course He's going to be. Uh, I don't know if SMU will be his, his final destination, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a little bit different than it. It's different location. Uh, I would love to do it, but that's obviously an ATP different, yeah. you know, media entity, and that that whole complex
1: universe is is
2: certainly interesting. But yeah, I would I would love to be back. I'm only four hours up the road.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's a whole other universe, but of course, again, behind the racket. Uh, podcast, ATP uh, pro, sorry ATP, excuse me, USTA Pro Circuit, all of the above. You can find Mike Cation. Mike, it is always a pleasure to get the chance to chat with you. Stay safe, stay healthy, my friend. We'll talk soon. Alright, buddy. Hope all of you enjoyed today's conversation with the great Mike Cation. As always, a thank you to him for taking the time to chat. Sincerely, you guys don't know how much I pester him behind the scenes, but not once has he ever shot me down. He is always so generous with his time, always willing to grant me advice whenever I should ask for it. So, and it is grant, by the way, because it is a privilege to hear from Mike always, but thank you to him for taking the time to chat today. And of course, you all know, at Mike C. Tennis behind the Racket, USTA Pro Circuit, where you can find his work. But of course, it's busy times in the tennis world. Olympics around the corner, North American hardcourt summer after that. We have done our best here at Cracked Rackets to keep you all up to date on everything that's happening. If you've missed out on any of our Great Shot podcasts, David Kane, Jeff Sackman, Ben Rothenberg, Gary Nathan, David Gertler. We've had the best in the business, folks, to talk about all of the big conversations we're having heading into the home stretch of 2021. If you've missed any of those conversations, you can find them on our website, CrackRackets.com, and of course, like, rate, subscribe, if you to this show, that Great Shot Podcast, Cracked Interviews, where we've had NCAA champs Sam Riffis and Adam Walton and Pat Harper of the University of Tennessee. So, you know, again, you can find all of those podcasts on the website, CrackRackets.com. You need the more immediate updates: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are at CrackRackets. You want to message me directly. I am at Great Pod. A shout out as always to our super producers, Max Ligner and Daniel Westhoff for the f*** of an editing job they do day in, day out. A shout out as well to our friends over at Tennis Point. Remember, tennis-point.com. That promo code is CR15. With all that said, for super producers, Ligner and Westhoff, our friends at uh, Tennis Point, our fantastic guest, Mike Cation. And from all of us here, At both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break, and we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.